Welcome everyone to the 14th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozella here with Nick Tartaglia. Nick, what's going on, man? What's up? Ah, another week of more craziness. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, we keep saying it. Every single week something new have happens. And uh yeah. <laughs> So, so, something new in the market, something new in the world. You know, COVID Every, cases yeah. are going back up in the States. Believe it or not, Canada is actually flattening the curve, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. But um, we're just starting to reopen everything now. Yeah. And so, what, yeah. I, what, what I've realized with COVID is uh, there's kind of like a three-week delay before you start seeing the spikes again. And um, yeah. I think the protests in the U.S. happened and now we're seeing a spike again. Now, the good yeah. part is if you look at all the data that's there, um, the death rates are going down. And I think that's important. Even if cases do go up, that's a, a sign that more testing is happening, even in if yeah, it happens quicker, Yeah, quicker testing would help control death. It, it, exactly. And I'm sure we've come up, you know, there's been different uh, remedies too that have actually slowed it down. So to say that we haven't made progress in the last four months as a society, at least on this side of the world, um, would be an understatement. I think we have, but, um, you know, we still got to be cautious with it. Another yeah. thing we got to be cautious with though is social media, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. the reality is social media is an economic ecosystem as much as you want, as much as people like to look at social media as an evil, whatever it may be. It's an, it's a millennial global ecosystem and because of that ecosystem, there's massive economics related to it. It's massive. Yeah, and I think when Facebook started uh, at the beginning, um, it was very easy to reach people organically, right? You would just post something, the exposure would be there, uh, you know, and then Facebook over time and other social media platforms, we'll use Facebook as an example here. Over time, they had to make revenue somehow. So what did they start doing? They started charging people for for uh, you know advertising revenue uh, advertising That's the platform the platform adver- concept yeah and this is the platform so uh, the platform concept so i think nick the purpose of this episode is we're going to talk about the difference between what a platform is and what a publisher is while at the same time tying it back to facebook and using that as a, as a unique yeah. investment opportunity uh for, yeah. for, for for investors especially millennials so i guess the, the first reason, yeah I guess the first question though for us right now is what is Facebook? Is it a publisher or is it a platform? Well, it's definitely a platform. Now in terms of now, if you want to start getting into nits ingredients and specifics, if the platform itself now also dictates how and what you provide, it also then becomes in in itself a publisher because it starts to provide a, a narrative in within its own ecosystem. Yeah, and I you think, yeah, and, and given the size of the big companies, right? We're talking about the Facebooks, the Googles, the Twitters of the world right now. I mean, Facebook is probably, just to give context, Facebook is probably the sixth largest company. Yeah, about, I would say roughly the sixth largest company in the, uh, in the public market. Facebook makes up uh, the FANG stocks, right? And yeah. I was actually watching CNBC during the week and they were saying how 25% of the push from the NASDAQ, which is all the tech companies, right? Into, into one index, 25% of the push is coming from these, these four companies, these five companies, the Facebooks, Amazons, Googles, 
Uh, Twitter, unfortunately, was not part of that, but it just gives you an idea as to how powerful. They make, uh, up, they, yeah, they make up over $5 trillion. Like it's, it, they're whales. When a whale, when a whale jumps out of the water and hits, it creates a wave. That tidal yeah. wave, everything around it is impacted. Yeah, and the U.S. economy is only about $23 trillion with $26, $26 trillion worth of debt. Yeah. But that's another and I discussion. Believe, I believe, and that's why I really believe that a lot of the, like, because the thing is, a lot of amateur people who follow, they're, they're going to look at, let's say, the S&P, the NASDAQ, and shit, the NASDAQ is going up, shit, the S&P is going up. But then if you look at the nits and greedy of it, and you go, well, the biggest tech companies are all doing really well at all pushing forward, which drives up the entire S&P, the entire NASDAQ. So everyone's like, well, the market's doing fine. So everybody rushes in. So even outliers or companies that are doing bad, just by causation of the fact that they're part of the overall market, they're being pushed up, even though they have no reason to be going up. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the, uh, the dilemma that I think most investors have. It's like, uh, it's the, the ex- value. Yeah. Yeah. And it could also be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's say you buy a stock that's on the NASDAQ and it goes up like 10% and you're like, I'm a genius. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there. But, but you are lucky because of the big techs pushing everything up. Exactly. Especially in this environment now. But yeah. um, this week was a pretty brutal week for Facebook. I mean, they lost about $7 billion worth of market cap. Um, a lot of- In big, a day. In, in a, a day, day. Friday. In a yeah. day. Yesterday, stock, yesterday, yesterday. Was it yesterday uh, or was it Thursday? Uh, Friday. Today's Sunday, oh, yeah, buddy. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the, you get enough sleep there? No, I'm joking. The, uh, the, no, but Facebook was down 8% on Friday, and you had very big companies pull out and say, we're halting all of our social media ad spend. We're halting it all. We had Johnson & Johnson, Unilever, Coca-Cola pulled out at the close on Friday. I would expect this to continue this week, to be honest. There's going to be some other big names that are going to come out and say, hey, we're getting out of, we're, we're going to stop ads. Now, I think that there's probably two reasons for this. The first reason is this whole idea of publisher versus platform debate that has really sparked a lot of people's attention in the last like three months. That's the first part. And the second part is the big elephant in the room. It's an election year in the U.S., and we know what happened in 2016. There was all this scandal saying that one side was using, uh, you know, Facebook, targeting Facebook ads to basically manipulate the election, which eventually proved not to be true. And there's all this political scandal. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to focus more on the business side of this. But uh, this is pretty, it's, it's alarming to a certain degree. Now, is this a short-term problem? Yes. Yeah, I think Facebook... The- Exactly. I think Facebook, I think Facebook, if you're going to buy Facebook, like this is the best time to look at it because they're probably going to continue to dip even lower. Yeah, but exactly. It, it's a serious debate now because it literally starts to undermine uh, the ability of free speech. And I personally believe, and I think you're on, you're on board with this too, freedom of speech is probably the most important human right for everyone. Okay. Look, now, now look. it's not perfect because everyone's got an opinion. They don't back that opinion up with facts. I get it. But I still believe that everyone has the right to freedom of expression. And this is the big debate that's happening right now. Yeah. I look in terms of the whole free speech thing. If you look at it, Facebook is going to do whatever it needs to do in order to ensure that most people want to continue to deal with Facebook. Therefore, if the mass populace or mass economics of the business makes more sense to just give whatever they want, it'll do it. 
it'll adjust itself. So in terms of assuming that Facebook is a hard-headed person that's just going to ignore everybody and that has an ego and that just doesn't want to deal with people, wants to do whatever it wants to do, it's a business. It will do what it needs to do to evolve and adjust accordingly. So long-term economics of Facebook, I don't really see it being shattered. Like, like, just to give a concept, a lot of people don't understand the whole concept of volatility in the market that a lot of people are, are, are happy for some reason that let's say Zuckerberg lost seven, eight billion dollars worth of uh, net worth in one day. But guys, like it's a fluctuation. His net worth literally fluctuates up and down all the time. It's also paper, because, right? It's paper it, net worth. It, it, it's just a net worth tied into most of his wealth through Facebook. If Facebook goes back up 10%, his net worth jumps back 10% again. Like he just fluctuates accordingly. It's an irrelevant figure because down the line, it'll go back up. So like, there's just, there's no point of focusing on Zuckerberg because first off, he didn't even complain about his market, his value going down. So it's not really a, a, it's an irrelevant focus. For some reason, a lot of channels are like, Zuckerberg is sad that his market cap went down. As, as when <laughs> like it has nothing to do with the context of what we're talking about. Right. Zero. The media media likes to make a story out of it so people could talk, have have something to talk about. And people really think that for some reason he literally lost $7 billion of cash. No, no, no. He went down 7%, but the day before he was up 7 billion percent. Like, do you understand that, right? And one day he dipped 7. The next day he can go back up 7. It's an irrelevant factor. Like, it's not even worth talking about, ooh, Guys, focus on the other stuff. Now back to the platform and Facebook aspect thing. Facebook is one of the largest platforms in the world. Actually, it is the largest platform in social media. They own what? They own Instagram, which they, they bought by the way. They own WhatsApp also. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. In, 2020, in 2012, when they bought Instagram, they paid $750 million, $715 million USD. In 2020, they, uh, in 2019, they brought in $20 billion. So they brought in roughly 22, 23 times what they paid in one year. And they paid in 2012. So Facebook is killing it in terms of their, their platform base. Yeah. And I would, you know, the more negative news that comes out, the more it's going to affect the stock price. This is a huge buying opportunity in my eyes. Exactly. Like, that's what, that's what I'm looking at. And that, that's how I would look at the situation. When you look at a platform uh, like Facebook, uh, and we'll talk about Twitter in a second, but uh, fa- fa- Facebook really has their, they're everywhere. Um, and the one thing that, you know, Zuckerberg gets shot on the most is, hey, he's controlling everybody, this, that, that. Listen, I get it. I didn't think he realized the beast he created uh, until like 2011 and then obviously 2016 with the election. Now, I, I don't think it's as easy, you know, like I don't think it's as easy for him to just say, you know what? speak however you want because then the flip side is people are gonna people are always gonna complain about something yeah yeah i think you know like it's not easy to you 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 created a massive ecosystem that like things ripple instantly you know like it takes time to develop an effective platform that even us as humans haven't even properly understood how to engage with it so like it's not entirely facebook's fault there's there's two sides you know it's the users and it's the platform we can as much as you want to hate facebook you still consume all its products all the time. And as a result, like you said, right, the short-term problem of the, uh, of the people coming on and, uh, and advertising on Facebook, the short-term issue is Facebook still owns most of the eyes on social media. 
if I you mean, want to develop- a, a, a Instagram is probably the most used platform, period. Over, there's over 2 billion users. There's over 2 billion users on Instagram. There's roughly 2 billion users on Facebook. And there's yeah. also another roughly 2 billion users with WhatsApp. Yeah. I mean, and how WhatsApp many more- is, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, how many more eyeballs do you really need at that point? <laughs> I, honestly, all that's going to happen is this, which you people need to understand is the more we become more and more connected to the, to the internet, especially for underdeveloped countries in the world, let's say Asia, which has a lot of underdeveloped areas, India, a lot of underdeveloped areas. Uh, we have Africa, all those countries, as they become coming, connecting more and more to the internet, all those guys are going to end up coming onto the platform because everyone else in the world is. It's how you learn about the world. They're not going to not go on. They own your eyes. But here's, here's the thing, right? And you're absolutely right. I think this is, you know, this is just the evolution of technology. I, I literally remember, by the way, when I first got my Facebook account, I was still in high school. Yeah, it was a great seven. Yeah, yeah. It, like, it was so early. Everyone's like, what is this? You start using I, it. There's all like these games MSN, and stuff. MSN. I was on MSN with my friend. <laughs> we were talking. I remember my friend, Mike, we were all talking. He's like, he's like, bro, go make a Facebook account. I'm like, what? Facebook, go make an account. Every, we're all making it. I'm we're like, all making okay. an account. <laughs> But, but I don't know, but like you, you, you fast forward to where we're at now, like it's, it's actually crazy. Um, what a machine beast this thing has become. And it's actually, you know, it's going to be continued to get scrutinized because they need to be scrutinized at this point because they have, they have so much power now. And when I'm, when I'm talking about power, um, I mean, literally it's influencing the way people behave. And why do I say what we perceive what we can see? Well, well, here's the other thing. Facebook for some reason now is your personalized newsfeed. Yeah. You're feeding yourself what you want, when you want with your phone. And that to a degree has a very good advantage, but it also creates two problems in the minds of people. And it's the following. You got biases like come into uh, your mind. And look, I'm going to be honest, like there's certain things that I look at that are biased towards, you know, a certain idea. Um, you know, that's the first thing. So you got to have a filter. Okay. What it's a, are, yeah. it, you, it, I like to that's call it, I like to call that's, it the bull. Yes, I like yes, to yes. call it the bullshit filter because that's what yes, it is. Yes, yes. But the filter, you, the contextualize everything. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 and that you and I have had this discussion where it's like, you know, there's like a news source that comes out and says, Hey, like two thirds of Canadians prefer social distancing. Um, and it's just like, well, wait a minute. Oh you yeah. Read- the thing I, the thing I told, I wrote, I talked about. Yeah. yeah so, so like I, I read the article, I was like, wait, they only did a sample of 1500 people. They only did it in a specific factor, area of the country. The how does factor, that, rep- yeah. how does that represent the whole country? The factor you know of I mean? that, the, the factor of that study was one, to 23,300 people. And then you're making a statement. You're not, you're not saying, is that potentially indicative? No, no. They said, it seems to show that 66% of the population in Canada, what if their entire study group was all 60-year-olds? What if their entire study was 20-year-olds? Yeah. You're, you, there's zero control as a, as, a, as a consumer to understand where you're, how you're establishing the that data, data. Yeah. and then you're making a statement so that people read it and they're like, shit. But unless you go read the fact it's well, one to 23, that would be like saying, that would be like saying, I'm going to take all my boys. I'm going to say capitalism is the best. And then we're going to say, well, guess what? That's where we're a hundred people. It appears that a hundred percent of the Canadian population likes capitalism. Yeah. And you, that's uh, literally what it is. You're just but, reflecting it. Right. 
it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, 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 so this is the bias that you have to like, kind of think as an individual, people are just can contextualize what information you're getting in. And unfortunately they don't teach this. Um, no. unless you go to university, unless you have like, you know, I, I think I, I, this comes over time and what this here, does, I'm gonna, well, yeah. I was just, go, go, let go. me finish my thought here. Go, go, what go, go. this does is this creates this narrative that yeah. one idea is superior than the other. Um, and that causes misinformation to get spread like wildfire. Like now it's like, you know, for example, and I hate to use this as an example, but let's say there's a guy who's getting arrested, right? And there's a video that gets shared, right? And in the video, the person filming the video is saying police brutality, police brutality, police brutality. And then you have like, you know, 10 of her friends or his friends share that to another 10 friends. You've got a whole web of people spreading this all That's disinformation. The ecosystem. The ecosystem. That's the ecosystem. That's the ecosystem. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. You didn't contextualize it. You don't know the evidence and you don't know the facts. Right? So people overassume before anything else. So, so this is one of the challenges that I think Facebook really has, but this is the, it's, sort uh, of the, it's the user problem. It's the user it, problem. It's the that. user problem, yeah. but this is the thing when it's a platform, right? When it's a platform, yeah. you can't be policing different yeah. things See, to people, I think right? To what you're saying, I think education is going to become a huge part in the sense that people are going to have to learn how to engage with social media as though social media is part of your reality because clearly as we can see what happens on social media completely affects our reality and vice versa 100 the issue the issue is this because social media provides so much rapid fire of information and people do not know how to speed absorb information and contextualizes in the moment they'll read one article randomly when there's a thousand articles that showed up then an hour later they'll see another article but because it's it, it, it's, it's biased information to the way they consume information. It continues to feed the narrative in their own brain. When in reality, what a computer does, like a, a computer is, it reads a thousand articles and then based on a thousand, it creates a conclusion. Whereas you as a human, you're reading one article and creating a conclusion on one article when there's a thousand other articles out there. And, and, and you've got the emotional aspect that plays into 100%. it as well because, because, because yeah. we're humans, right? So that's- Contextualizing, you know, we have yeah. to think more. I think humans have to start thinking more like a computer in the sense of how we absorb information, how we process it, and then how we go about putting it out back into the world. Yeah, and I think that's why there's been a massive distrust with media now. I mean, uh, talk about US particularly. I mean, there's no question. They're, they're like people, people just hate the media now um, because there's just but, all this- but, but you see, that's the irony I find, though. The irony of all this is the fact that as much as, I, as much as it is media's fault, they're just doing what they know works, which is manipulating people because people don't know how to read information yeah, and process yeah, it. Yeah. At the end of the day, the user is always the one most responsible to ensure. If you want responsibility from your platform, you have to become responsible as a user. Or well, else the platform has no, here, or else the media will never here, here, uh, respect here, here, you. I mean, here's why, right? Let's say an article gets posted on Facebook or an ad gets posted on Facebook. What's the number one metric for these platforms that gets, that's a revenue generator? What's the number one, what's the number one metric that gets used? Well, if we're talking about revenue, it's advertising. Right. So, but or what's that? What's that? Ad, or are you talking about, uh, uh, um, you're talking about the, uh, I, uh, what's AUD? What's it called there? The, uh. Uh, audience under no AUD. What's it called? No, no, there? that uh, that's that's your targeting strategy. I'm talking about the revenue metric that gets used, right? It's cost per click, right? Oh, that one. Okay. Cost yeah, yeah, yeah. 
cost per click is the massive revenue driver for these platforms, which is why there needs to be minimal friction on Google, on Facebook, on Twitter. I don't think you can advertise on Twitter as much as you can on Facebook, but this is how these companies make money. They make money by ad, ad spending, cost per click. So they don't care if the, if, if the source is factual, non-factual and this. So what this has done is this has actually created this entire new ecosystem environment where clickbait and I'm going to use Trump's word here, fake news, because that's what it is, um, is spreading everywhere. And it's created this entire societal belief that whatever you see is real. You don't have to think critically. You can just draw your own conclusions from that. And that's dangerous. But that, but that, that is what happens. It yeah. happens to most people because most people are never in a context where they have to really understand why it is I have to take my time to absorb information. It's like investing. You don't, you don't see one little piece of, like for example, you see Zuckerberg loses 7 billion. As an investor, it means nothing. But to typical people, shit, Facebook is screwed. No. Nah. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything long term, but you're contextual. You're not contextualizing the entire picture. You're just taking one piece of in little random info that honestly, in the big picture, things means absolutely nothing. But then you go about assuming that that's a bad thing for the business. At the end of the day, Facebook. If you don't want Facebook to control how we talk, then all this will always exist, and then it'll become up to the user to make sure they understand how to control their own processing ability. But if now we as a people said, Facebook control what type of news comes on, now people are always gonna assume that Facebook controls another entire narrative. We're never gonna be happy until we become smarter as people. To me, that's how I see it. But I don't think Facebook controls the narrative. I think Facebook just allows the platform for distribution to be- No, 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 no. That's what, what I meant by that is that if the people said, because there's, the argument is that we have that, well, Facebook is either going to stop, is going to start controlling what people say, or it doesn't control what people say. If it doesn't control what people say, there will always be a lot of random, irrelevant, stupid stuff on right. social media that people will always consume. Right. But if then you, you want a complete- if you want complete free speech on there, you need, it has to become up to the user to learn how to process information or else that's where it's going to fall apart. If you do, if you want Facebook to control stuff, then in a way it will create its own narrative. So I'm, I'm open for complete free on, on social media because I trust my ability to contextualize and process information. I, I completely trust myself, but what it becomes the issue is I don't trust everybody else because everybody else seems to be falling apart when it comes to that. And now the question back to the, uh, the, the, the platform is, guys, all these companies that are coming out, the short-term issue is Facebook owns your, most of the audience. If they own the audience, brand development will start to suffer going long if they don't continue to stay with Facebook, Instagram. Because they, generation after generation, just keeps coming on. Young people are all on these platforms. If they don't advertise on Facebook's platforms, how else are they going to advertise their brand and develop it? Not TV, because that doesn't really exist much well, for it's, us. It's also very expensive on TV, but yes. But it's a thing. But our, our eyes are more on Netflix, on our phones, and on YouTube. You know, yeah. like, and just to give an example, last year, 2020, YouTube only made 15 billion. Instagram made 20 billion. And Instagram has more users than YouTube. Like, 6 billion nearly collectively when you look at Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp in terms of users in the ecosystem of Facebook. If Companies want to continue to build the brand and develop and go long generation after generation. 
right now, they don't seem to have any other choice but to work within the ecosystem of Facebook. I mean, I can't really see any other real possibility for them unless well, somehow they create their own platform. Right, but that takes time. But, you know, there's another platform right now in, in, in China, like Tencent is that big tech yeah. company. They own Twitch. And Twitch yep. is just for esports, you know? So yeah. are we going to see sort of like a platform development of different ecosystems? Possibly, but Facebook has enough cash that they could literally go out and acquire these guys yeah, and they, they own have, the ecosystem. They have 24 billion cash right now. It's crazy. Their, their assets are about 138 billion. Their total debt is around 33 billion. So net asset, you're looking at net value book, you're looking at about 140. $3 billion USD. Their current market cap is around 615 billion. So if you're looking at net book value to market cap, that's one sixth. So they're one sixth of that. They brought in roughly 80 to hundred billion USD last year. That's another one sixth of the revenues, but they only net around 20 billion, which is fine because it's they're, they're spending and they're building. And they, we haven't looked at the fact that they can still monetize WhatsApp. Which hasn't been one, which, which hasn't has even been, been monetized yet. Right? Zero monetization yeah. from it yet. Zero. Yeah. And they paid fifty billion for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the opportunity is an investment right now. Like if, if every time there's bad news with Facebook, I'm like, okay, perfect. This is a buying opportunity. I just wanted, like you said, right. I'm, I was, well, as soon as I saw it set up, set down, I'm like, if you hit the 10% dip total, I'm starting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're very close to it right now. I, again, I would expect that there's going to be all these big corporations pulling out of ads because of the whole election interference stuff that's been going on. So we talked about sort of the financial aspect of it. I want to talk about again, just sort of the uh, legal aspect of it as well. So I'm sure you're familiar and this is related to the States, but section 230 of the communications decency act from 1996. Um, this was done to design. This was done to basically uh, censor anything related to sex trafficking, human trafficking, anything that was deemed racially offensive, uh, evil, evil, anything that was promoting violence would be stopped. And yeah. I get that. This is really important. Yeah. Now, 100%. See that? Yeah, I agree with that. So here's here's the thing. Now, last month, uh, and we're going to talk about Twitter now because this is where Twitter has actually been violating sort of its own. Uh, policy of being a platform right and again Which, i hate the the, the the vp the vp of communication or uh, h or the pr was on a joe rogan podcast and joe rogan talks like kind of called out stuff like this and it's and it was an interesting uh, episode to watch so and i didn't see it so i have no idea what you're talking about but i love joe rogan <laughs> um the so let's let's go back a month so may 28th um twitter basically started censoring trump's uh you know, Trump's tweets. And a lot of people were, say, were saying, well, wait a minute, you've got all these extremist groups tweeting about, you know, attacks that they're going to do during the riots. You had an Antifa Twitter page, which I personally think Antifa is a terrorist group, in my opinion. Any extremist group is a terrorist group. Um, and Twitter was saying, okay, we're not going to touch that. But because Trump made a comment, and I'll read the tweet, Okay. There is no way zero that in-mail ballots will be anything less than substantially fraudulent. Mailboxes will be robbed, ballots will be forged, and even illegally printed out and fraudulently signed. The governor of California is sending ballots to millions of people. Anyone living in the state, no matter who they are or how they got there, will get one. 
that will be followed up with professionals telling all of these people, many of whom have never even thought of voting before, how and whom to vote for. This will be a rigged election, no way. So that was the first thing that kind of sparked it. And Twitter did a fact check on it. Okay. Now, historically, in the United States, there's never been voter fraud as, as evidence that was proven that happened. But the problem is now we're in a society too where everything is digital and everything is one. So I could understand one side being like, we don't want to look at mail-in ballots because that would actually be susceptible to fraud. I get that. The other thing that happened was they had censored Trump saying something about the looting. When the looting sh starts, the shooting starts, quote, right? And that, when, when, when the CEO basically censored that and said, this is a full indication of violence, I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. So you've got other people uh, who are posting all this ideological stuff. And this is, this is really societal based right now. Uh, and you're not going to flag that. You've got other news outlets posting fake news and all this unreliable garbage. Uh, but you're going to take information from the, from the United States president, probably because you don't like him and probably because your political ideology doesn't lie with him and you're going to censor him. Yeah, this is what I hear. Can I, I just want to say this. Yeah. In, terms of, in terms of how I think, the thing with Twitter is this, or any social media. If we're in a country where you have elected officials that govern over a, group of, a, a large group of people, I believe that your officials should never be censored on social media only because even if, even if they are the worst of the worst people and that what they say is horrible, at least the people for themselves can, can, can do the accountability part. We let us consume what he says. He's our, like, okay, let's say I'm an American. If Trump is going to tweet, I'm ha I get to read what he says on a daily basis. It's direct access to, to the president, which, means, which never exactly. happened, which hasn't which happened until he got point. elected. Yeah. That's my point. So my yeah. point is like, as a, as, a, as a citizen of a country, I can know what he's thinking on a daily basis, which means that I can now start to better contextualize how my president is working and what he's doing for the country. If he's going to do something bad, guess what? I can see it through his social media because he talks. Let him talk. Let people connect with him through social media. It's the only way. Don't censor him because if he is this horrible guy, if he says horrible things, that people will do will take care of it. Because he, he hasn't. He, he he hasn't. No, no, no. Like, I'm not saying him. I'm not saying right, him. Right, right. I'm not. I'm not talking about whether he has or hasn't. I'm just saying in general. If you really believe he is a bad person, social media, everybody looking at it will be able to establish it themselves. Do not go filter anything. Let the president speak. Let the prime minister of Canada speak. Let significant officials who are leaders, let them speak. Facebook, who runs a massive ecosystem, do not censor his, do not censor Zuckerberg's words. Certain people should never be censored because the fact that how much impact they have, if you make them hide in the dark, then everything they do becomes in the dark. Right. And that, again, that, that just takes away, you know, freedom of speech as a result, you know, like, and it's the most important thing. You don't have to like Donald Trump. You don't have to like the prime minister of Canada, but what you have to do is you have to look at what's going on and assess it objectively and logically mm -hmm. without emotion and saying, okay, what is going on here? Why is the, why is the, why is the individual saying what he's saying in this context? Okay. This is what's happening on this side. This is what's happening on this side. So back to sort of like what I was what, what I was yep. talking about with, with Twitter, um, Twitter is literally trending on this line now of a publisher. 
Because when you start censoring ideas, when you start eliminating ideas, and the New York Times actually fired somebody because they, there was a Republican guy that pub, they, they published an article, it was on the front page, uh, and the, they, they approved it, it went out to the public, uh, more people in the New York Times found out, they said, take that down. You're a, you're a publisher at that point, okay? You're driving an opinion, you're driving a specific narrative, you are susceptible to different laws. When you are a platform, you need to let it just be unless it's endorsing, I'm going to kill evil. somebody. Evil, I'm gonna, evil, I, like, evil. Like evil. There, there has to be an evil filter, guaranteed. I get that. I agree. Look, as a people, as a, as a people, as a government system, where I do agree that the only filtering process that should be done on their side is the evil stuff. Yeah. If we as a people assume that saying, I'm going to kill you is evil, the thing is, look at your reality. If I go in the middle of the street and I threaten somebody in my reality of life and I say, I'm going to kill you, in my reality, I can, go, I, can get, I can get in trouble for that. They can go to police and I can, I can get charged for that. Well, if you do it on social media, you should be charged as well. You should not be able to do evil things that you do in reality also on social media. It doesn't make sense. But I am allowed to go on the street and say, well, you're an idiot. Therefore, I can go on social media and say, you're an idiot. My reality should be reflective of how I operate on my, on my social media. People are, are, are losing themselves, but yet you can see how much social media impacts your reality. Therefore, let it be a reflection. How we engage in, in our reality, engage the same way on social media. Be respectful of people. You go around... What, because you can't see the person face-to-face, all of a sudden you're, you're a tough person? No. If you're willing to speak face-to-face to somebody, you should be able to do it the same on social media. If in reality you can barely talk to somebody face-to-face and be direct, then calm yourself down on social media because you're probably going way ahead of yourself and you're assuming and you're, you're, you're going crazy. It yeah. should be reflective. I think it should be reflective. It, 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 should, it should be reflective, you know, and like it uh... – but this is, this is the new challenge. To me, this is an opportunity. Maybe there needs to be a company that comes out and I'm sure this exists already, but like you create a platform where you're literally the objective is to just filter through social media feeds to find terrible posts. Right. But they probably uh, have that, but there's a bias process with that. There's clearly a bias process with that. So what I, what I like, what I like about Zuckerberg though, is he took a very objective stance, right? So and again, we're going to talk about current events, but when the whole protest, the whole Black Lives Matter protest came out, um, you know, there were certain employees at Facebook that were concerned about, you know, different posts uh, criticizing Black Lives Matter. Uh, and, and Zuck literally took a very neutral stance. He's like, we cannot control what is what is right to you versus what is right to the individual because it is still a valid yes. it's a valid opinion there probably are some facts behind it um and this actually caused a lot of people to quit from facebook and you know what i actually respect zook now even more because yes he did create a beast that's obviously affecting the opinions and lives of every individual but at the same time he understands that like look i'm gonna get scrutinized the rest of my life i have to take a very objective stance here i can't yes. start censoring stuff unless of course it's what we talked about of evil and like you know encouraging violence and i yeah that to me like look i'm not a religious person i also to me i'm a i'm more of a believer in science and evolution so to me the world of religion is not my thing but Social media, because it's a reflection of reality, if you engage in your life in religion, you're allowed to do it on your social media as long as you do it in a way that's respectful. Therefore, yeah. as a person, even though I don't agree with what you believe, 
You're not a bad person. Therefore, go and operate the way you want to operate with social media. But don't be evil. Therefore, yeah. don't allow like other ideas or other ideas. Just because you can't control how other people think doesn't mean you have to go crazy. We will figure things out. It's more of a user part. It's more us people have to learn how to engage with social media. We need to evolve. Look, bro, think of it this way. We've, as a civilization, as humans, we've evolved for thousands and thousands of years. Okay? We've only really had social media impact us, really impact us, the last five years. But we've lived as a civilization that's been impacted by psychology for thousands of years. Our mind and our ability to adapt to our virtual reality and how we're so connected to constant information doesn't seem to have adapted yet to the fact that we have to process information at a 10,000 times greater speed. Because if you don't, miscommunication becomes a massive problem. It's, 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 literally, it's literally broken telephone. Like that's, that's that, 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 that's what it is, right? Like you know, the whole, you know how we, you know how we've adapted computers to like supercomputers and quantum computers and everything like that. Humans, our brains, we have to kind of operate on the same level, adapt your brain, evolve it, evolve. We have to, we have no choice. No point in history has anyone ever been disconnected to the world, to this much information, to, to, to knowing everything. Our parents did not know nothing about China no, when they were kids. No, nothing. no, no, no. Nobody knew anything. Nothing. Your, your, your world, and I'd, I'd be so interested to see, I wish I had my grandparents to kind of talk about it, but they had such a simple life, right? It was just, you know, this, very this. Your bubble. It was your bubble. You know, yeah, it, exactly. Now it's like, I feel there's certain days too where I'm just like, yo, I need to turn um, the news off because yeah. this is going to distract me from my own yeah. personal goals. I get, I get a little bothered inside. Yeah. I, like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, you know what? Detox. Just don't watch the news today. Don't look at it. If you do, it's just going to piss you off even more than it already yeah. is. Focus on what you can do as an individual today to get to closer to your goals, to get to what you need to be doing, to help other people. That's really what it you comes have, down look, to. If, if there's a, some, I forget who said it, but he said, if you start focusing on yourself and you develop yourself better, the system in itself as a whole will become better. And why is that? That is because the system is made up of individuals. If every individual improves, which by the way, I talk about this in my book as so, uh-huh. the system, the system at the center is, is made up of individuals. If every individual improves themselves, becomes smarter, becomes more capable of processing information, is able to be more patient, is able to have an open conversation with people, is able to respect other ideas and have a dialogue based on other ideas that they don't agree with, the system as a whole will become reflective of that behavior. But focus on yourself first. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, the the thing that I was, you know, just to get to where you're going, like the news, you just just get that out of your life. You know, maybe watch it like once a week just to catch up. But like, even then it's just like, it's distracting you from what's really important, which is yourself. Like guys, to give context for me. It's not, yeah, it's, 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 it's not selfish, by the way, to want to do things for yourself. If anything, Look, it's selfish yeah. if you don't do it. The irony <laughs> though, for, I, I, see, the thing is this, the irony for all this that Dan just said for me and you, the irony for us is this, is that as investors, people that are really want to be good at investing, the economy, the political system, yeah. the people, it all engages together. If we ignore something, we now become bad investors. We have no choice but to consume everything. So where it becomes the responsibility of a millennial investor 
because in a millennial world with this much stuff, which by the way, which is why I called it the millennial, which is why I say in it, before you become a good, a, a, good, a good investor, you have to become an intelligent millennial. Like you have to be smart first. If you're not smart in the world we have, critical, it's going to be- You, you got to be critical <laughs> in, in the information that you're consuming basically. Back then, back then, investing was a lot easier in the sense that there was not this much chaos. The government and the, the economy dictated more of how things were going. Now, everything is just keep bashing into each other like, like go-karts. You're just, everything just hits each other. That is just constant ecosystems being created, deflected, arguments. You have to pay attention to everything because everything impacts, like for example, Facebook. What just happened is from a political perspective and a people's perspective. Now, as an investor, you're not thinking, well, this is, not, this is more of a short-term issue, not a long-term issue. So it provides context to enter. But if you're not following the entire ecosystem of what's going on in the world, you're going to contextualize one little information and say, well, Facebook is in trouble. So, so I, guess, I guess what you're really saying is, look, don't consume the news all the time, but be aware of your surroundings to better you understand have, you yeah, have, We have no choice. Yeah. Me and you, if we don't do it, we can't have these conversations. 100%. 100%. And, then we don't know what the, and then we don't know how to really base our, our investment pieces anymore. There, there's an irony. If you want to partake in the system – you have to learn how to control how you consume, when you consume, and then how you process your information. You have to calm down. It's a matter of patience. One information means nothing. My biggest thing just the entire COVID for four months was observation. And that observation led me down to a path where I was like, I had to, I like, it just made me write. And I wrote and I wrote because all I was doing was I'm not partaking in any of it. I'm just going to sit back and just watch the world as the world is going to do things. I just looked at it as kind of like a movie and I just watched and it just started seeing life, things connect and hit. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Life is definitely a movie. The one thing that I would say too is I have this tendency as well to uh, go down the rabbit hole. Um, so like, you know, there's certain... At, we're all, we're human. We're, I do it too we're, 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 we, we all get sidetracked too. You're kind of just like, okay, like you kind of have a little bit of time. You're like, okay, what could I really dig up right now that would like kind of make me intrigue? And I've always been the type of person um, that's always the contrarian belief to the masses. And I think you're the same way for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm always eager to find something that I can obviously backed up with, with, with facts and evidence that suggests that something Remember, is contrarian leaders, to what the masses are thinking, right? Leaders are always contrarians. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, again, this whole publisher versus platform debate it touches I think everything. It, it touches the entire world now because everybody is influenced by what's been going on in social media. Everyone's behavior is being influenced by what's been going on in social media. And we're, again, we're, we're at an inflection point right now. Um, I'm a hundred percent. Okay, fine. I'm 99.95% convinced that the only reason there's all this chaos right now is because there's a strong correlation between unemployment and chaos right? Historically, anytime unemployment reaches uh, well above 8%, um, people just start losing their mind. Now, the and other thing- the factor, And then you have to factor social media also, which is a whole other variable. Which is, well, hold on. You have to factor in social media. You have to factor in that the world is closed. Massive. Yeah, exactly. You have to factor in that the world was closed. Everybody sees everything. Uh, the, the, the world was shut down. There's no sports. Sports are actually a distraction, a distraction. for yeah, society because when people yeah, watch- Think of it this way. Like, yeah. Think of it, uh, well, gladiators. What did, what did Romans do when, they, when the Roman Empire knew there were problems? What did they do? They took gladiators out and they put people in the, in the Colosseums to distract them from the problems. Entertainment is a way to distract the masses 
which then again, that's because they're trying to kind of lead you aside, but that's, that was more a government thing. No, now sports are more of a public thing. So it's not really that anymore of an issue, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It was sports. Sports (laughs) sports actually need to come back because that's, what's actually going to distract a lot of people. Um, So (laughs) look, Facebook, I think, you know, any negative news that comes out on Facebook these next few days is a massive buying opportunity. Um, try and shit, try and shit, guys. Try and shit. Don't go all in on just a buy because you don't know it can continue to ripple down and then you can get a better cost average downwards or it could pop up. But, you know, let assume a downward trend. Init- so and try and shit. Yeah, uh, uh, initiate a small buying position if yeah, you're really you trying know, to go out. You- Th- this is a great company, by the way. Like, if you look at their balance sheet, like. Yeah, exactly. Is, uh, the Facebook's their, their Facebook. Facebook's not net, going away anytime soon. Net, I can promise you. Remember, that. net net book value, if you take out all the debt, is one sixth of their market cap. It's which is good. really which is really good. And as they have a, more cash. As a company, they're very they're healthy. They're a healthy business that has net profit, that has good cash, that has uh, one sixth of their market cap is their is their book value in terms of taking out their uh, liabilities. Uh, Instagram is only growing. WhatsApp has not been monetized, which is a massive opportunity because WhatsApp is huge in underdeveloped countries. It's huge in India. It's huge in Africa. Um, so those are, and as they become more uh, connected to the internet world, guess what? Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook is one massive ecosystem that they can now start monetizing everything together. I mean, the, the growth, you know, like you look at the revenue graph too, um, the growth for this company is still, there's so much growth opportunity here too. Yeah. Because remember WhatsApp, WhatsApp has not been monetized. That's yeah. huge. That's a huge yeah. indicative factor that can be massively impacted. And they're, I mean, they're profitable too. Like what's their earnings per share? $7.29. Like, come on. Exactly. You want a safe company to invest in. Look at Facebook. If you want to look at Twitter, I personally don't like Twitter as an investment. I don't know how you feel. No, I don't. If you look look at the last like seven years, it's, it's been flat. Like there's, I think as a platform, as a platform, it's good. Cause like you said, like the president of the United States is talking to his own people. I think that's fantastic. You know, we didn't have that like previous decade, No, never, but as a business, I don't think, I I personally just don't think Twitter is an investable business. No, they don't have, they have no, to them, they don't have any real growth factor outlook that's been invested into. There's no variables that I can look at that says, well, I should expect a significant increase in revenues. Sure, you can get daily increase in users, but that doesn't really indicate significant growth because of the fact that, well, you have nothing to monetize on really. Because at the end of the day, the, the Facebook ecosystem is the largest in the world. And it's part and reality is reflective in our virtual reality and our virtual reality is reflective in a reality. And because social media is one of the biggest things for virtual reality, guess what? Facebook is one of the biggest powerhouses in that entire ecosystem. So for me, if you're going to play a social media play, Facebook for me is the king. I, it, it's just funny. You can even look at Twitter's uh, five-year chart you can go back 10 years when it went public in 2013, it went public at I'm gonna pop it up. I'm gonna $42. Pop it up. Okay. Um, since then it's actually <laughs> down. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just, there's, I, yeah. I just don't see, I, I don't see growth opportunity in Twitter at all. 
as an investment no, business. Facebook, it makes no sense. 100%, you want to put that portfolio, you want to put that stock in your portfolio, go ahead, buy on these dips, yeah. man. Like that's, that's, and I'm probably going to do some of that this week. Guys, as a, as a guys by the way, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter could be bought basically with the, by Facebook within, with, without a doubt. Like Twitter could instantly be owned by You're speculating by though. You're speculating. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not saying it could be bought. I'm, I'm not saying it is going to be bought. I'm saying it could be if they wanted to, <laughs> because the market cap, the market cap is 24 and a half billion. Right. Facebook has 20, 20, Facebook has $24 billion cash. Plus they have $130 billion of, of uh, net assets for them to come and buy Twitter would be nothing if they wanted to, if they wanted to, which is again, like you just said, speculation, because I don't know, but they could, if they wanted to. The question is, what are the growth opportunities? How do you integrate? Anyway, those are your accounting <laughs> questions. I'm not an accountant, but look, um, I think guys, I think it's important that everybody understands this whole platform publisher debate. Um, it, it's, it's going to continue to, especially when we get to November. I mean, this will probably be, the dirtiest election year in the United States we've probably ever seen. And if you don't think that anything that happens in the States is going to affect Canadians, I think people need to actually contextualize, okay, maybe policy wise, it's not going to make sense. Like it's not going to have an effect, but I can tell you psychologically, behaviorally, uh, the way people interact, Everything. it's Everything. going to have a significant effect. So pay attention to that. We are, we are, we are the psychic. We are Robin Hood to Batman. United States is Batman and we are Robin Hood. But yeah. you to deny that is crazy. We do, we move according to how United States moves because we are tied to them. Yes. We are their little toy. <laughs> Economically speaking, we are. I mean, I guess. <laughs> we did lose our, Canada did lose their uh, AAA rating this week. So Yeah, that's... they lost that too. To a uh, AAA to a, a plus AA. Yeah. Right? So that doesn't help, but um, it oh. seems like Canada's on a much longer, steeper recovery uh, yeah. than most people wanted. I, I, that's the issues. I, I can, I think Canada as a, as a system as a whole has been too dependent on external factors that they haven't focused on developing themselves internally. That we might become too lazy as a country, which will reflect us as a bit. Like if I was to analyze Canada as a business, fundamentally analyze it. I mean. You're, I, I don't see significant growth factor because if you're going to say, well, the only real factor we have for growth is us bringing in immigrants, that doesn't, that just means you're increasing your populace, but you're not, but your populace also has to become smarter. You also have to create opportunities for jobs. You also have to create long-term employment opportunities. You also have to find reasons for asset costs to increase. You also have to become less dependent on certain asset classes like oil. We're still dependent on oil. Like, Fundamentally, as a, as a country, I, I'd be afraid to invest into Canada because we don't have the leader pushing us in direction that's, that's going long. I want to, before we get off here, and I know this is like kind of veering away from one thing, uh, the main topic of, of this episode, but um, in Canada, we have something called CERB, uh, which is unemployment insurance that the government is providing. Nick, I just want to know what you think about this idea yeah. of the government paying people $2,000 to stay at home while restaurants and other small businesses are trying to reopen and trying to get those employees back. I just want to know what you thought about what you think about that. Okay, well, so here's the, here's the, here's the ironic thing. Okay. There's, there's a, there's a two side to it. One is if you look at a massive aspect of tourism, which is a point, it's all at half capacity. So at half capacity means you require half the labor force. So it's of course, given the fact that even though a lot of them are still rehiring, there's still going to be a lot of people that won't be able to get hired because well, summers are normally packed 
Like for example, in the old port, uh, uh, one of the restaurants that I worked at to make uh, to make some extra money, there in the summer they were hiring waiter wise, they were hiring fifty to twenty waiters. Now for the summer, they're maybe only hiring like eight people. It's huh. half. Yeah. So like, and that means that half of the people that could be hired are not getting hired, which is why it's still normal that you have people not working. But now. If Canada was smart, if you're going to pay people $2,000, why don't you give them something to do out and about? Here, we're going we're gonna to say you have nothing to do for four months. Go start cleaning. We're going to create a system where let's go clean parks. Let's go clean streets. And we'll pay you $2,000, but go do something for us. Go improve our infrastructure a little. Just they, a little detail. Do, do some kind of like community labor work. service or yeah, labor something, work, right? Just do something. Or worst case, if a company is, is not able to hire you, if you want people to come back to work, give the money to the business as an incentive to pay it directly as an extra bonus for people to come back to work. It's, it's so basically people go back. Yeah. It's basically a signing bonus to come back. I mean, yes, it, because people I, are I, lazy. Look, I know people right out there going, well, you're paying me two grand. Not everybody's hiring. I mean, you can just sit on my ass and do nothing for truth. For, I'll, I'll save money. I don't have to do nothing. I'll sit on my ass for a month. Why? You, you're t- I, 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 I kind of want to play devil's advocate here, but like my brain can't even process that idea. It's just like, where, where is the benefit to society? Where's the productivity to society? That's going to allow us to get thing. out of this, to get that's out of thing. this hole. This, right? what, what they did was not to look at how it would ripple effect as a whole system. What they did is how can I just satisfy the individual without looking at how can I ensure the individual gets money, but at the same time benefit the system. They didn't, they neglected the system, but just said, go lock into your house, take your money and don't do nothing. Okay. Glad I'll smoke weed, I'll drink alcohol, I'll eat a bunch of food, I'll watch Netflix and enjoy social media. <laughs> and that, and then you get back to the the rabbit hole of Facebook publisher versus yeah. uh, platform debate. <laughs> that's why, that's why look at how much consuming and chaos has occurred on social media because everybody has been overdosed with it. Yeah. No distractions, yeah. but social media. Right. And that's 24 seven. It's a pent up frustration too, right? Yeah, that's that's really the problem. So I mean, uh, anyway, um, yeah, guys, check check us out on 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 Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on yeah. YouTube. Uh, just want to give a big shout out to my dad um, and Elon Musk. They share the same birthday. I literally texted my dad today, and I was like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> and I was just like, "Do you know that Elon Musk has the same birthday as you?" And we were both like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so happy birthday to my dad. I know he's not in Canada. He's in the states right now. He's doing well. So. Big shout out down good. there. So yeah, any last words for the week here, Nick? Or what, what are we going to do? Guys, like we keep saying, just observe. Just let, look, let the week play out. At the end, of, on the weekend, when you see your friends, have a conversation. Don't argue. Don't fight. Just have a conversation, a dialogue. How, what did you consume? What did I consume? What do you think? What do I think? How does it, how do you contextualize it? What does it mean? But have a conversation. Don't assume anything. Just, just read, watch, be an observer, man. Relax. Cause honestly, I think everybody needs to start smoking weed and just relax a little. <laughs> There's too much. We gotta, we gotta revive the weed industry now too. It's too much, but you see the sales, the sales are there. It's just the whole sector as a whole is just doing shit, but the money is there. For the record, I do not, I, I, I do not 
want to indulge in weed smoking, but <laughs> go ahead and do that by all means. You guys do what you got to do. I would just because of the fact that I'm, I would say that I would, I'm more, I'm more supportive of weed over alcohol because alcohol, you know, there's a lot of other problems associated with it. You know, nobody ever becomes evil smoking weed. Nobody ever becomes bad smoking weed. It's just calm down. You know, if you, if you want to take CBD, if you want to take a cold shower, just do something to calm your ass down. <laughs> Buy a jacuzzi. Yeah, buy a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we'll leave it. We'll, we'll leave it at that, though. Everybody, stay safe out there. Keep being critical with your mind. Don't yeah. settle for what the narrative is. Just keep a new generational mindset. Exactly. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Ciao, guys. Ciao.